Welcome to a special presentation of one of our full-length bonus episodes from Patreon. This is House of M, a much-anticipated and asked-for episode. We normally reserve these exclusively for our incredible subscribers on Patreon, to celebrate two years of Marvel vs. Marvel, we're taking it from behind the paywall and releasing it to everyone as a thank you for being with us for two incredible years. We release a full-length bonus episode like this each and every month on patreon.com slash Marvel vs. Marvel. And marketing, welcome to a super special edition of Marvel vs. Marvel, a feature-length bonus full episode that is exclusively for our wonderful friends on Patreon. Um, This is what you get when you lay down the cheddar each and every month and support the best Marvel podcast going. Um, What do we need to do introductions? Well, just speak on it. I will speak on, delay, on it. On delay. Is that yeah. is that okay? Is that enough speaking on it? Have I spoken that's, upon it? That's speaking on it. Good, good. Will's hungover today, folks. So yeah. I'm not sure what kind of ship we're going to be driving. <laughs> uh, it's it's going to yeah, de- definitely driving a ship on land. That's how uprooted I feel right now. Yeah, it's going to be fine. Well, we're we're bringing you a change in 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 our schedule because we didn't see any of this coming. Really, mm. we were not we were not anticipating dealing with one division. Um, and then it blew up and became really big and we saw an opportunity and then I, I realised everyone is talking about uh, House of M. Yep. And uh, what, a, what a perfect opportunity to, to give us our full-length bonus episode of February. And I know it's one that people have been really looking forward to because I, we just we can see how insanely popular division is and it's one of those things it's it's a big big storyline that involves wonder and so it's been unearthed and people have been talking about it and people who have read it are referencing it and people who haven't read it seem to be excited about it i'm not sure if they know what's going on so i thought this is a perfect opportunity to walk people all the way through walk will through the 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 house of of m which is yes. this um this fascinating period of time, um, 2004, 2000, uh, 2005, the House of M. Yeah. Um, 05 to 06, yeah. And um, it's, it's man, it, 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 there's so much in this episode. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're going to talk about the, the fall of the Avengers. We're going to talk about the rise of a new team. We're going to talk about Avengers and X-Men. We're going to talk about marketing strategies. We're going to talk about... How uh, how things change so dramatically, um, and we are going to talk about a reality warping event with mm. Wonder Maximoff at the heart of it. There is so much to get look at. It all takes place during a, a really tempestuous time for Marvel and for the Avengers as well. This is a period of time will because to talk about House of M, what we have to talk about is. 
is the shocking state that the Avengers are in. We have to talk about Avengers Disassembled, which comes about because um, the Avengers, as a comic book, are kind of falling apart. Oh, and it's it's not working. People are not buying the comic book, and they are getting kind of left behind in the industry. So, what can you tell us about House of M then? Um, it, it, it's this. It, well, we have to <laughs> we we have to talk about Avengers Disassembled, okay, in order to talk about House of M. Okay, um, so we got a bit of dismantling to do. Yeah, like I said, it it it. it it, it comes out of this idea to rebuild the the Avengers. The Avengers have not been working. People are not buying the comic book, and so a new writer comes on board, and there's a plan to rescue and save the Avengers comic book. Okay, so why were they in trouble then? What was identified as the reason for this? Why weren't people buying the Avengers? <sighs> We 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 we're gonna to need to change our perspective a little bit because it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of hard right now um, if you're not a lifelong comic book fan to to have this perspective on the Avengers because right now the Avengers are globally huge, biggest movie franchise in history, insanely popular characters: Iron Man, Hulk, Captain America, Black Panther, Black Widow, a group of really cool characters. That people are desperate to get their hands on the toys of and and the video games of and all this kind of stuff. Um, Two thousand and four, that was not the case. The Avengers of the early two thousands featured such dynamic and famous <laughs> characters as Triathlon, what, <laughs> the Jack of Hearts, oh. uh, a female Captain Britain, okay, and somebody called Silverclaw. Could, Those were the Avengers. Could I could I ask questions about the first two because they do not sound like super. The, the, the other two do. The other two, Silverclaw, female Captain Britain. Those sound like superheroes. Triathlon and Jack of Hearts. What is 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 triathlon really good at, at running, then swimming, then cycling? Yes. No. <laughs> triathlon Ugh. is has three times the speed of a normal man. Three times the strength of a normal man. Three three times the abilities of a normal person, basically. So, basically, Decathlon is his arch nemesis. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The first thing that came to mind was, well, seriously, just, just name an Olympic event that's better. Uh, and Jack of Hearts. We're, we're going to get to Jack of Hearts. Okay, okay, okay. I'll look forward to that. Uh, cool. But he does, he does look like the playing card character. The oh, guy God. in the playing cards. Oh, um so Avengers in the early 2000s just did not feature awesome characters. Like the 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 mainstays came and went a little bit and they're there, but they aren't the backbone of the team. Right. It, 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 it's just you are shortchanged if you buy an Avengers comic. Oh. Um dur- during the 90s, like sales of the Avengers were awful. It was so bad that Marvel essentially cancelled the Avengers comic and handed it over to a completely different comic book studio to reboot the comic. Um, They they basically got two two major creators from Image Comics, Hmm. which had recently launched and were kicking Marvel's ass, 
and said, can you take all these characters and do something cool with them? Because we don't know what's cool anymore. That was Marvel waving a white flag and surrendering. Um, <laughs> but even that didn't really work. Uh, 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 and the comic book went back to normal, but sales were still not great. And it did not feature, like, it didn't feature enough A-list cool characters. Um, and, you know, and during Marvel in the 90s, as we as we talked about on the Age of Apocalypse bonus episode, they'd been through bankruptcy... They were bought and sold, and at this point mm. in the in the in the early two thousands, it's really just trying to get itself back on track. The new editor in chief of Marvel, uh, Joe Quesada, gathers all the top creatives together to a publisher's retreat. Spend the weekend mm. trying to come up with ways to save. Well, I don't know if "save Marvel" is the right idea because they were already showing themselves up with things like Ultimate Spider Man, Ultimate X Men, the Ultimates. Mm. And and some things like this, but to to make comic books really awesome and cool again. And at this retreat, there are two key figures for our story: Mark Miller, who you'll know from creating things like Kick Ass and yeah. Kingsman and um, other stuff like that. Yeah. And and Brian Michael Bendis. Brian Michael Bendis. Ar- you have a lot of a lot. If I remember, you were very positive about him. Certainly, his Daredevil series is incredible. Yeah. yeah. And Bendis is the architect of what we're about to see. Aha. So, okay. Bendis and Miller are the two guys who have just very recently had some big success for Marvel, rebooting the Marvel Universe with Ultimate Marvel. They did mm. Ultimate X-Men, Ultimate Spider-Man, the Ultimates, injected fresh life into these characters. Good. But these guys are both outsiders. They, they've been independent comic book writers and artists just a couple of years ago. And now they're in a room with a lot of the the established Marvel minds, you know, um, established writers, established editors, and stuff. And they're given a voice at this very important summit, this meeting. And when the subject of the Avengers come up, Mel- Miller and Bendis just go off on one. They're basically they say the Avengers suck, <laughs> and it sucked for a long time. And the reason no one buys it is because it sucks. Uh, Bendis has said to the room, "Why it's right?" So the Avengers are called yeah. Earth's Mightiest Heroes. That's like the tagline of the comic. And he says to the room, "Why isn't it really Earth's Mightiest Heroes? Mm. What the what the fuck is a Jack of Hearts?" <laughs> <laughs> My thoughts why, exactly. Why isn't Avengers a book made up of the coolest guys? Why doesn't it have yeah. characters like Spider Man and Wolverine? And Bendis mm-hmm. said that a ruckus broke out in the room. People were screaming, shouting, <laughs> and yelling. It was really just madness. <laughs> those comments, those comments caused anger, outrage, and friction with everyone at Marvel at that moment. That's incredible. That is incredible. So, what is so wrong? About them saying that, though, that is that. that sorry, if you go to a retreat and there's like actual quantifiable data showing you a comic isn't doing well, you've got to take all criticism on board. I know it sucks is is not a very good piece of constructive <laughs> criticism, but then explaining that these aren't Earth's Mighty Series, that's perfect constructive criticism. What was so wrong about that? I, I think what we're going to experience here, which 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 I, I, I see quite a lot with all sorts of businesses, is people that live in a bubble. Yep. 
when you're not an outsider, it's very easy to live in a bubble. Okay. And to not be open to how things really work. What you have to understand is the Avengers was an institution since the 60s. They've always done things a certain way. It might sometimes have had Captain America and Iron Man and Thor, but they came and went, really. And, and, And the backbone of the team were the much smaller characters that didn't really do anything outside of the Avengers, didn't have their own solo comic books and their own solo adventures. Hawkeye, Vision, Wonder Man, Scarlet Witch, they're all like these really popular Avengers, but they're not popular solo characters. They're never going to have their own movies and stuff, right? And these kind of characters are seen as traditional Avengers. They've been there since the 60s. These are the traditional Avengers, and the Avengers had a lot of traditions, a lot of uh, things that readers expected to see in the comic. The the Avengers all lived together and worked together in Avengers Mansion in Manhattan. They had their own butler, they had their own jet, they were funded by Tony Stark, they also worked for the government or for the United Nations. Mm. And they, they, they had their own interpersonal soap operas that only sort of took place in the Avengers comic. The Avengers didn't go around adding super popular characters to the comic as time went by. We didn't get Elektra or Ghost Rider or Wolverine join the team when they became super popular uh, you know, from the 80s through to the 90s. That just didn't happen. And what Bendis was proposing was to kind of get rid of these traditions in order to try and do and chase something very different. I, I don't understand how... So, so this was controversial. I just can't understand how, when you're in that kind of situation, how this is controversial. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe I'm just too dynamic with my mind at times like this. You've got to be open to new ideas. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it's very easy. F- it's very easy mm. from an outsider perspective yeah. to think that. It's honestly, I was a fan at the time, and I remember thinking, "This is crazy." Mm. I mean, Bendis has given interviews saying that there were writers and editors in this meeting pounding the table and yelling, "Spider-Man would never be an Avenger." That sounds like a that sounds like a J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> no, he won't be an Avenger. Damn it! Uh, so why would Spider-Man never be an Avenger? I guess it does seem like a very foreign mm. idea now in, in, in the year 2021. Yeah. We've all had the MC mo- MCU movies and stuff, but uh, at the time, Spider-Man had been a loner for 40 years. Yeah, that's true. Spider-Man is a public menace, hated by the press, hated by the general public. He's not even viewed as a hero. He, he's mistakenly viewed by the majority of people as like a bad guy or a or a nuisance, uh, Spider Man is is friendly neighborhood. The Avengers are global. They fight alien warships and they travel back in time. Mm. Spider Man doesn't thrive in those stories. There was there was a, a period of time where there was like this unwritten rule that Spider Man shouldn't go to space. It should. It just doesn't. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't ba- look and feel good. Basically, what you're saying is the Avengers are MI6 or the CIA. And Spider-Man is a community support officer. No, it's not that. It, 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 it's, it, there's, a, there's a way to do things and there's a way to yeah. play to a character's strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
a, a huge part of Spider-Man comic books is his supporting cast. Yes. His friends, his work colleagues, his girlfriends. How do you factor the Avengers into all of that? Right? That's true. And Spidey always has to have his back against the wall. Spidey is broke. He's down in his luck. He's running out of money and web fluid. And he doesn't have... He doesn't have a way to fight the bad guy and go on the date and look after his sick aunt all at the same time. If yeah. you put him in the Avengers, he now lives in a mansion, has a jet plane, access to a support staff, and a bunch of superhero best friends who can help him out of any jam. It gen- it would ruin the character. <laughs> it, it is yeah, unthinkable yeah. to make Spider-Man an Avenger at that time. Yeah, that's too many, too many feathers in his cap, isn't it? Or whether the phrase is, yeah, too, too, it's it's a lot. It'll be it'll be like a little bird hat. So, did they do it anyway? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh good, fair enough. Because, fair enough. because it's, as soon as as soon as Bendis said Wolverine and Spider Man, the dollar bills start flashing in the eyes of, oh, of Marvel yes. Marvel top brass because. It is a money-making approach. The public love Wolverine, they love Spider-Man, and they want to buy comic books with those characters in. And that's without even thinking about how difficult it is to include Wolverine on this team. Wolverine is already an X-Man. He's already in several (laughs) X-teams. You know, to add these characters to the Avengers, you've got to throw tradition out of the window. And yeah. you've got to piss off a group of these long-time Avengers readers. Mm. And Editor-in-Chief Joe Quesada hires Brian Mendis, Michael Bendis to do just that, to, to put together a new team and completely relaunch the book. Okay, just a quick one. Um, so Wolverine joins the Avengers. Is he still in the X-Men? Yes. Oh, I, I, was, I was hoping you'd say no, so I could make a terrible joke. Oh, about him being an X yeah. X Man. I thought yeah. it was. I thought it was incredibly clever for a joke I came up with in three minutes, three <laughs> seconds, three seconds, three seconds. I, I'm very quick. <laughs> say three minutes. <laughs> three minutes. I spent a lot of time on that. So, <laughs> I, I, and another thing, another thing. Um, how did you feel about this at the time? You said you were quite surprised. I mean, what was your re- response to this at the time? I never bought the Avengers as a comic. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I did. I did. Mm. So when when I, I bought them during Heroes Reborn and I didn't like it, mm. and I bought them on the other side when they came out, and I quite liked it, but then it got to be very, very Avengers-y. There's an awful <laughs> lot of characters i don't care about i don't care about the vision i don't care about (laughs) scarlet witch i don't care about i don't care about a lot of these characters and and they're taking up the majority of my book yeah yeah now around the same time in 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 the in the mid in the mid 90s like 96 sometime i can't remember sometime between 96 and 98 um dc comics were having exactly the same problem with the justice league the mm. Justice League was a didn't sell. It was a crap book, and it was full mm. of characters no one cared about. So they hired Grant Morrison, and they relaunched the Justice League as JLA, and they yeah, put yeah, every yeah. every one of their top characters in it. Everyone, the Justice League was now all the top characters. 
that was a that was a fresh new concept, and I know it doesn't it doesn't make sense now because of course who else are you going to put in it? But it was a sucky book full of sucky characters, <laughs> and then they put the major stars in, and they went and fought like huge reality threats every month, mm. and I was throwing my money at them. The <laughs> Avengers was not the same during that same period of time. It it wasn't the same, so I saw that poster. With all the new guys on 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 the cover, and I went, oh, now I want a piece of that. That's that does sound like a very very uh, very promising uh, step they took. Then, so we got obviously got Spider Man and Wolverine. Who else uh, is going was going to be part of the new Avengers? They they kind of basically need to keep Captain America and Iron yep. Man on the team to make yep. it the Avengers. Yep. Um, but but Marvel Marvel wants um, Spider Man and Wolverine to make the book popular, hmm. um, so that's that's you know uh, that's that's four of them. Uh, but Bendis Bendis is really happy to do that as long as he can make smaller he can add smaller characters that he thinks are really cool but aren't yet popular. So it's like a staging ground or a, like a launch pad. I suppose Almost. so. It, yeah. it, it's more. It's more like a writer has his favorite toys. Yeah, and he's gonna. He's gonna. You want these? I'm gonna sneak these in because mm. I. I love these characters, and no one's doing a lot with them. Yeah. So over time, he adds Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Doctor Strange, Ronin, mm. and a a weird character called the Sentry, which we don't have time to talk about today. Um. But to do any of this, I mean, they, to be fair, they also teased Daredevil for the first few issues, which was a complete <laughs> and utter um, bait and switch. They put Daredevil mm. on the front cover, and he's kind of there at the start. Uh, anyway, um, but to do any of this, to transform the Avengers and make it work for these new characters, Bendis has to completely get rid of all the traditions of, of of the avengers okay have we discussed what the traditions of the avengers are or is that too too long well it, 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 it like we said i mean yeah. it, it's it's having a mansion having a mansion yep, yep, yep. spider-man shouldn't live in a mansion it shouldn't i mean it's so easy for him to have access to a jet plane and funding and a support staff i mean mm. if spider-man worked for the avengers he would get paid a salary by tony stark yeah that's that has solved all of Peter Parker's problems, and now the character is not the same. <laughs> it would be an incredibly boring character if he had a regular income. It, it, yeah. it would be limiting. It, limiting, it puts a lot of yeah. limitations yeah. On, yeah. on Spider-Man. I also think it... Um, I think it, it kind of makes the team quite hard. The, the, the Avengers became the establishment. Yeah. Over decades, they became the establishment. That's never cool. Like, the <laughs> X-Men... The X-Men also have a mansion. Yeah. And they also have a jet. Mm. And they also have access to really cool technology. Yeah. But the X-Men are always outsiders because they're persecuted mm. and hunted. The X-Men are not the establishment. The Avengers worked for the government, uh, sort of, and they work for they get paid by Tony Stark, and they have a man. It's really hard for that to be cool because they are the establishment with all of those trimmings and those traditions. They just 
they never ever feel cool ever it's it's, it's like poor patrol I'm so glad you've finally revealed to the audience that this will actually be a three-hour podcast about Paw Patrol. Um, <laughs> like, how? Because how is this a good show? TV show. It's all about they're on the side of the government. <laughs> where's, where's the drama? Where's the drama with these puppers? So, so Bendis <laughs> sort of tells Marvel that the first set in saving the Avengers is to destroy the Avengers and mm. that's exactly what he does uh, with this this four part um, this four part story called Avengers Disassembled ah okay okay so we're breaking it apart and putting it back again so take us through it then how does this all start well, now we get to talk about Jack of Hearts, which yay! You're <laughs> I hate him already. That's the real reason you're here. I, I hate him already. The name is terrible. I hate him already. He, he's a character has all this kind of um, powerful, unstable energy inside him, mm. and it, it gives him superpowers. This is a this is a comic book trope. It gives mm. him superpowers, but he has to wear a containment suit to hold oh. the energy in, um, and a couple of writers. Um, I think actually it was Jeff Johns who introduced this, who subsequently went over to DC, and now I think he's like creative head of DC. But but they introduced this idea that the containment suit wasn't enough for Jack of Hearts anymore. Mm. He actually had to go and spend like twelve hours a day or something in inside a radioactive chamber to uh, dissipate all the unstable energy inside him. Otherwise, it builds up and he'd die. Um, and I think Jeff Johns wrote a few stories um, where, well, maybe it was the last one where the time in the radioactive chamber, like it was increasing every week. He had to spend more and more time alone in a radioactive chamber, and he was only getting a few hours outside to be a normal person. His life was sucking hard. And one of these times when he's outside, Ant Man's daughter Cassie was was kidnapped. And oh. Jack of Jack of Hearts and Scott Lang, Ant Man, they're both newcomers to the to the Avengers team. They do not get on, mm. but they but they were the only two Avengers around. So Jack of Hearts helps track down Cassie, save her from this from this awful murderer, kidnapper guy. Um, but in doing so, he's away from the containment chamber for too long. Ah, uh. uh, and and the. The um, energy, the unstable energy inside him, is just built up. The comic book includes like a ticking clock as throughout the issue as he's doing it, <sighs> and he misses it but saves her. And once he saves her, he knows that all this energy is built up inside him, and he's going to detonate. So he grabs the awful guy that kidnapped Ant Man's daughter, and just flies straight up into the atmosphere into space. And that's where the energy detonates, and he takes this awful child kidnapping pervert with him, but 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 dies. That's, that's um, wow. That's a bit. I mean, bit uh, extreme overkill, but yeah, poetic that, justice. That is not how Avengers Disassembled starts. What? That is a previous story. That's oh. just who Jack of Hearts is. Okay, that's just okay. That's just setting up the character. Good. Th- this story starts with uh, a, a, in Avengers Mansion. A lot of the team are just uh, hanging out and, 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 and talking. Classic Brian Michael Bendis dialogue. Uh, 
Mm. He's very good at writing conversation that seems real. Yeah. And it's characters kind of uh, chewing the fat and shooting the breeze. Proximity alarm goes off and uh, some something with with great power and energy has landed in the Avengers' front lawn. The security systems have let it through, though. It's like the 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 zombified body of Jack of Hearts. What? It's just standing in the lawn, crackling with energy. And Ant-Man, who had watched this guy that he didn't like save his daughter and then kill himself or, or sacrifice himself to save his daughter, goes rushing out to talk to him. And as soon as he gets there, this, like, mummified, zombified Jack of Hearts face just looks at Ant-Man says I'm sorry and then explodes detonates with all that energy again massive explosion that kills Scott Lang dead oh no and rips through the, a portion of the mansion um, burying a lot of the Avengers including Jarvis the butler underneath all this rubble um, that's like wow. the, first, the first few pages um, wow <laughs> At the same time as this, Tony Stark is uh, at the United Nations with a few other Avengers trying to get UN approval for the Avengers to operate globally and work with all governments. And like in the Sokovia Accords that we will see in Civil War, where they, you know, they need to be able to go into different countries at a moment's notice, mm. the UN in the comic books have to kind of approve this. But during this session, and it's worth pointing out at the time. Tony Stark is Secretary of Defense. Ooh. Um, yeah, he's okay. taken that role on. Wow. So he's the Secretary of Defense, and he's also the Chairman of the Avengers or whatever he is. And during this session of trying to get approval from the United Nations, he gets into a shouting match with the delegate from Latveria. <sighs> Latveria is Doctor Doom's country, mm. which holds this very precarious global position where even if Doctor Doom isn't around anymore it's it's a thoroughly corrupt kind of country that mm. that no one really trusts uh, but they're, they're part of the United Nations so Stark gets into a, a shouting match he gets suddenly really angry with the delegate from Latveria uh, yells at him about all the times that they've turned a blind eye to Doctor Doom and then he threatens to kill him oh. on the floor of the United Nations. And everyone in the UN, every, every news outlet covering this, everyone assumes that Tony Stark, the famous alcoholic, is once again drunk, has come to the United Nations drunk. Oh, God. So uh, has, he, has he been drinking? Is that what happened? Was, it, was he drinking or was he just very angry? Tony... Um, he staggers out of like the UN okay. meeting room, and 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 Hank Pym and Wanda are there, and they they say, Are "You, you, 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 I can smell it on you. You're drunk." And mm. and Stark says, "I, I'm telling you, I have not broken my sobriety, but I am also definitely drunk right now. I know how this feels. I am drunk, and I cannot explain it. Wow. I did not take a drink. Okay." Um, and that has put a huge dent into the Avengers' credibility. Mm. Back at the mansion, which has been kind of exploded and stuff, Captain America arrives with like shield personnel and some army guys to try and 
pull people out of the rubble and investigate what's happened. Um, when an attack like this happens to Avengers Mansion, when an Avenger dies, like an Avenger has just been killed, just mm. been essentially murdered. When that happens, the security system puts out a code white to all active and reserve Avengers, and and it's to shield as well. So that's mm. kind of why people are racing to the to the to the you know an explosion at Avengers Mansion. It's in the middle of Manhattan. It will be all over the news straight away. It's not something that's going to get ignored. So Cap's there with all these shield guys and these army personnel, and they see the Quinjet which is the Avengers' personal jet. The Quinjet is returning to the mansion. So there's Cap thinks there's backup on the way. But it's coming in really fast. Oh, it's no. coming in far too fast. This is not a landing trajectory. The Quinjet just freaking crashes on the lawn of the mansion in front of everyone. Oh, the Quinjet dear. just like breaks apart on impact... Uh, fire everywhere. That's the Quinjet done. And the Vision steps out from the wreckage. Oh. And the Vision looks looks not well. He looks glitching and damaged. And he tells Captain America that he is no longer in charge of the things that make up his body. Mm. And then he warns them that they are about to be punished. And then he vomits up five metallic balls from his mouth. And these these metal spheres quickly grow into five fully functional Ultrons. What? And the oh. Ultrons start to lay siege to the Avengers and S.H.I.E.L.D. and the mansion. This big battle breaks out. Um... And just when they're getting the upper hand on the on the on the on the Ultrons, She-Hulk, who is a recent member of the team, loses control, goes into a mindless rage. Um, she's 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 uncontrollable, and as she rampages, she grabs the Vision with both hands and tears him apart. No, down the middle, rips him oh. completely apart. Ooh. His robotic guts and things go spilling everywhere. Um, and and so there's this now there's this other problem which is She-Hulk, the Wasp, uh, tiny size kind of flies to talk to her and try and remind her that she's not like her cousin, she's not like the Hulk, she's not a mindless monster, but the She-Hulk violently swats the Wasp like a bug. Cap attempts to stop her and stand in her way. She rams a truck into him. The bad times. This is incredible. So, this is a lot happening right now. We got a drunk Tony, Ant Man's dead, Vision is well, currently dead. Yeah. She Hulk is on proper raging, and Ultron times five is attacking them. And this is all at the same time. This is all happening at once, all within minutes of each other. Oh, for God's sake! Oh, though that's too much, man. It's too much. This has all happened in like the same at the same time, the same afternoon, yeah. and it's not <laughs> done yet. the The code white that the Avengers emergency call has put out has gathered every single hero that has ever been an Avenger, hmm. and a lot are still on the books as reserve Avengers. So, yeah. what would happen in the past would you'd get a fun 
a, a, you know, a lineup where, oh, Mr. Fantastic joins the team for one issue, uh, <laughs> or you know, Prince Namor of Atlantis joins the team for yeah. half a year or something. They're all still on the books, basically. Yeah, and and if they're like, it, an Avenger has been murdered. Hmm. Like this call goes out and everyone jumps to answer. Yeah. This is it's like when a when a when a police officer is killed in the line of duty, like boom, everyone is there. This is this is that, but for the superhero community. So um gathered the mansion Black Panther, Spider Man, Daredevil, Carol Danvers, Falcon, Oof. all of the Fantastic Four, Hercules, Monica Rambeau, she's there, mm. Moon Knight. Prince Namor, a dozen more superheroes um, have all have all rushed to the fallen mansion. What? So this just feels like a very glutted crime scene, really. <laughs> it's this, this. This is what it feels like. It's someone's been murdered. There's a plane crash, and then suddenly the entire police force has swooped in on a very small area. CSI would not be having this, would they? No, 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 no. Not enough. There's not enough breathing space. Not enough arm moving space to take off your sunglasses and put them back on every time you say something. Oh cool. yeah! Ah! That's exactly what. <clears throat> I've wrecked my voice doing that. I should not have done that. I've got yeah. a long show to do. Hold on. Uh... Keep talking. I've got to take a swig of water. Say something funny. Yeah! Dun, dun, great dun. work. Great work. There we go. Um, th- that's exactly what Nick Fury says. Nick Fury is there with Shield. And these army guys, and he's barking orders at everyone, and he's basically get the hell off my lawn. He's like, um, uh, he's grouchy and he's old, and he fought in the Second World War, and he's got grey hair, and he's only got one <laughs> eye, and he's just mad. He's mad that Marvel have banned him and Wolverine from smoking cigars. He's just <laughs> angry all the time. Um, yeah. So, so he he's like he's he's basically telling everyone you are you're you're. <laughs> he's telling all the superheroes to go home. Mm. They don't know what happened to Ant-Man or Vision, and yet... Also, this is not just when you and me go to a crime scene. When me and you go to a crime scene... That's we're what shedding, usually do. We're shedding, <laughs> we're shedding dead skin cells and hair, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you can... Yeah. These, these, these mothers are showing up, like, exuding cosmic radiation and mystical <laughs> energy, just bleeding it out of their pores. Like, wherever Spider-Man goes, he sets off a Geiger counter. Like, yeah, this is, not, yeah, this is yeah, a yeah. bad collection of people to have around, like, a, a murder scene. Fury's, like, barking these orders, and as he's, like, yelling at everyone, he gets a high-priority alert from the United Nations that, that Ooh, lets him hello. know after Tony's drunken outburst, the UN have severed all ties with the Avengers. Oh, no. The team is no longer sanctioned to operate anywhere. This sounds like the end of the Avengers. Disassembled, if you will. <laughs> it's 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 not a good day. No, no, it's a very um, bad day for the Avengers. That actually becomes Iron Man's theory about the Vision. He, mm. he has this theory that Ultron left some code in Vision's program buried <sighs> deep that would activate when the Avengers were at their on their worst day. I, I, I would love to see the quantifiable data on what counts as their worst day. Well, what we also know about yeah. the Vision is that Ultron didn't build him. 
Remember, he yeah. grabbed an old man under his arm <laughs> and ran through the ran through the, the back gardens with him and said, "Make my vision," because <laughs> Ultron is Ultron is the skeletor of the Marvel universe. <laughs> um, yeah. But this this kind of bad, like, worst day theory goes even further when suddenly the Avengers' mansion is Mm. attacked by a Kree warship. Oh, God! Just completely out of the blue. There's no war going on. There's no lead-up to this. And then the Earth exploded. (laughs) A a Kree warship just (laughs) arrives out of nowhere and broadcasts that they know... Today, the Avengers are in crisis, and they've come to strike when they're at their weakest, and to take revenge for old battles and crimes. Perceived crimes that the Avengers have committed by, you know, stopping the Kree from taking over whatever they want. That's definitely in the the legal system. We've got that written down as a law, you have to let us do it. So Kree soldiers are are flying down these like jetpack things from the from the warship, mm. and they're landing and opening fire. And the warship is firing its cannons on the mansion, and the Avengers are now being overwhelmed. They are being overwhelmed by it. I mean, they're already taking some heavy uh, fire, and this is this is bad times. Um, and during this battle, like Hawkeye is 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 kind of losing it, man. Um, mm. He's, he's he's seen a lot of horrible stuff just happen very quickly. His quiver of arrows ignites in in, in the firefight, Ooh. and he knows that he's got in that quiver um, powerful explosive arrows that he uses, and and they're about to detonate. Now they're on his back. Oh no! He doesn't have much time. He grabs one of the Cree with a jetpack. And he flies the jetpack and himself towards the engines of the Kree warship. And that's what? where he explodes and dies. And Ugh. Hawkeye blows himself up, takes out the engines, and the warship just explodes and rains down on the on the on the on the mansion. Otherwise known as increasing the crime scene. Uh what he he so Hawkeye is now dead. As well as Ant Man and Vision, we now have a dead Hawkeye. Yes. All, all wiped out within minutes of each other. Um This fell apart real quick. Mm. Uh as the metal of the warship falls to the ground, I'm uh, someone examines it and says, This isn't this isn't metal. This is organic material. Hello. And as soon as the warship blows up, the Kree soldiers start to disappear. Hmm. As if, not teleporting, vanishing. Oh. Which is when Doctor Strange arrives, answering the Avengers' white alert, and he tells them that powerful magics are being abused. And this is being done to the Avengers. Hmm. All these things are not coincidence. And Captain America starts to realise that the person behind all of this is someone they all know very well. I think you know. I think we all know the answer, but for the sake of it, what has been going on here? In the final issue of, of this, this is called um, 
the the, the, the four part thing Avengers Disassembled is almost like the banner of um, stories because mm. things start to fall apart in all of the Avengers solo titles as well the, this story in the Avengers is, is called Avengers Disassembled Chaos mm. we get a flashback in the last issue to the Avengers having some downtime hanging out um, however many weeks or months previously the the Wasp, Janet Van Dyne, and the Scarlet Witch wander are sunbathing round the pool at the mansion, drinking cocktails. It's not a bad life being an Avenger sometimes. Oh, no, no, not bad at all. And Janet has just been having a, a little relationship with Hawkeye. Ooh. And she, she confesses that she's just had a pregnancy scare. Ooh. And that made her panic because the last thing she wants to do is try to be pregnant whilst being an Avenger. Oh, God, yeah, just think about it. And then Janet makes this offhand comment, slightly tipsy, to mm. Wanda. She's not thinking about what she's saying. She says to Wanda, whatever made you think you could handle two of them? Hello. And right in that moment, Janet knows she's fucked up. <laughs> because... She's mentioned Wanda's twin children. Okay. Wanda acts with confusion. Mm. Because if you remember our deeper dive into Wanda and Vision... Yes. Wanda's Wanda's children turned out to be figments of her imagination. And aspects of Mephisto's soul conjured Mm. to life by her magic powers and her desire to have children. And after Mephisto reclaimed his soul, Agatha Harkness... Wiped Wanda's memories of the whole thing. Wanda mm. has no memory of the children. Now there have been a couple of times over the years where she's she's come close to remembering her children, but this drunken, offhand comment by the Wasp seems to have awakened all those memories. Oh no! Most of yeah. the Avengers absolutely do not believe Wanda would do any of this, would betray them, would attack them with the worst things they could think of, would kill them, kill her own husband. Mm. Uh, until Nick Fury reminds them that Wanda is a, <laughs> has a history of mental <laughs> instability, is a former terrorist, and used to be a member of the Brotherhood of Mutants. I remember us having this discussion on the Wanda, Wanda and Vision episode. Because I, I, was, I was of the ilk that, no, 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 we can take her on board. And then you reminded me that, no, they shouldn't take her on board. That is a terribly bad decision. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. <laughs> someone in the, in the same group scene says, um, uh, does she have a history of being unstable? And Spider-Man says, she married a robot. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone turns and looks at him, and he's like, "I'm just saying, she yeah. married a robot." <laughs> you got to be pretty desperate to make it with a robot. That's right. I'm quoting that Simpsons line again, again, <laughs> again. I, I, I think I deserve a bonus one. So, okay, okay. So now, in the present, Doctor Strange has arrived. Surely he can just Hoover up the magic in his little magical Henry <laughs> Hoover that also somehow has a cape with a big collar. Uh, no, that's it's impossible. He can't. No. <laughs> Carol Danvers like pleads with him. You you got to bring like them back to life. And he <laughs> says, "Oh, that, that's just that's not how magic works." But that being said, yeah. he he doctor, they they tell Doctor Strange everything that's gone on with Wanda, 
And Doctor Strange is, like, shocked that all this stuff happened and no one no one came to him no one spoke to him about mephisto's mm. magic magic babies agatha harkness <laughs> no one spoke to him about any of this mm. and he he elaborates because now doctor strange is really concerned he's like uh, he's 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 getting afraid and he elaborates on how wanda was born with this power over magics and that is unnatural mm. she um did not earn her abilities oh she has not learned them she is she has not paid prices for them the others have not earned powers mm. she's not she's not done it through spirituality which is what the process he went through and every other you know sorcerer on, on kind of the good side of things has done and the team tell Doctor Strange that Wanda has recently, not well, recently in terms of their, not recently because we've known about it for ages in the comics, but mm. Wanda has gained chaos magic powers to alter reality, but she's been struggling to control it recently and, and get them to work. And Doctor okay. Strange stares at them like they're idiots. Mm. He does not know what they're talking about. He says. Chaos magic. I, I'm the master of the mystic arts. Yeah. I am the sorcerer supreme of this dimension, and I am telling you, there's no such thing as chaos magic. Whoever told you that is insane or lying. Ooh, okay. So whatever wonder has been doing for all these years, it isn't magic. It's her own mind warping reality. Oh God. And, and and the heroes then build build up this picture of Wanda. They're, they're piecing together all these fragments of different adventures and things that have happened over the years. She's suffered numerous tragedies from her childhood to 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 being a terrorist, uh, having you know one time she she uh, she did lose her mind. It was manipulated and attacked the team. And another time she lost her children and mm. being unstable and having this immense power she didn't earn and nobody understands and. She becomes prime suspect for having rained all this chaos down on the Avengers. Bloody hell. So, big question. Is she doing this all on purpose? That becomes a big a big question in, in, in yeah. the series. Um, Iron Man has just come from the UN. <laughs> and he says Wanda was with him at the United Nations. Oh, she wasn't at the mansion using her powers. And Doctor Strange then starts to believe that Wanda's been unconsciously using her powers. Like, she's been driven mad by the loss of her children. Mm. And and now that part of her mind has finally decided to extract revenge against teammates who stood idly by while her children were whisked out of existence... And while her mind was wiped, so she couldn't even grieve for them and remember them. So even even her mind was wiped. There was a deep part of her subconscious that was still active. That, that's no, still, okay. no. This is what is just 
Okay. Well, oh, sorry. Th- actually, that's that that's possible because there are numerous um, examples throughout John Byrne's run on on West Coast Avengers of Wanda, like she sees a teddy bear, and mm. she briefly goes, "I had children," and everyone mm. around her is like worried, and then she snaps out of it and carries on with things, and that kept happening. So yeah, that is a possibility. Because yeah. uh, all I can think of is eternal uh, eternal. Something, something. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is, what, is that the name of the film? Yes, that's the name of a film. Of a film, of a film. What I could think of is that there was that last little fragment of of brain memory, right? And, and it's like it sort of reactivates that wiped bit of the of the brain, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it's that last little thing it needs, and it's it flickers something. That's how I'm reading this. That's how I'm reading this. It does seem that this whole thing was tenuous. I mean, yeah. just just mentioning it seems to have sprung it all back up in her mind, which is interesting. I mean, the mind's and a it could thing, speak, yeah. It could speak to, to, to Wanda kind of becoming more and more powerful over the years. Yeah, the, the mind's an incredibly powerful thing, but all, all in all, this is incredibly dark. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, Brian Michael Bendis wanted to destroy the team and everything that had made it traditional. Yeah. Um, He has all their funding and their UN support taken away. Mm. He has the team turn on each other and attack each other from within. Like These scenes of the the Avengers debating what's happening, there's all this doubt and suspicion and blame being cast. The the Avengers mansion where they live together and it's all a bit cosy and it's all like he's removing everything that's familiar mm. and comforting about the team. Everything of all that establishment is 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 gone. Like he's wiping these characters off the table. Some of them, uh, Bendis very much does want to harken back to these dark Avengers stories that John Byrne wrote. He he wanted to evoke the stories where the vision is dismantled and is never the same and. Wanda's kids were erased and she starts to have a breakdown and um I think it it, it is also uh, it, Marvel is in this period of time when they're starting to bring in these great writers from like 2000 AD mm. and Vertigo and the independent scene and you're starting to get like DC kind of had it with 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 Swamp Thing and and the introduction of John Constantine, and they did it with Sandman, and these kind of very postmodern approach to storytelling, and darkness is a hallmark of that. Dark stories, you know. By the end of this four-part story, every traditional aspect of the Avengers, everything that made it comfortable for thirty-plus years, mm. Bendis just detonates it so he can rebuild. <laughs> That's the, this is the thing, though. From from what we've discussed with the way they keep redesigning and redoing some of the. Uh, some of the, some some more long-standing Marvel heroes. The way it, it, it's almost that it should be comfortable to be uncomfortable. It's like the the whole redesign thing happens every now and again, anyway. So it shouldn't be too much of a, a new uh, thing, if that makes sense. Um. Well, the Avengers have always changed their lineup, haven't mm. they? We've talked about that. They've yeah. changed their lineup very very early on. They kept changing it throughout the years, but they. Like the mansion is always there. Okay, there are sensibility. There, there are some members of the team that are always, pretty much always there through every incarnation. I mm. think the Vision is the longest standing member, and so there are these things 
that remain while it changes. The status quo in comic books, now it's common to change that status quo. Yes. To, to freshen the character up. But again, that's kind of a modern approach to writing comic books. That was not the case previously. Okay, so this was breaking um, new ground in a way. For the Avengers, the X-Men had done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there are there are times it's very much happened in DC Comics mm. throughout the 90s. There's a lot of this death and then replace it with a younger version of the character and stuff mm. but but yeah this is this is this is new for the avengers yeah okay so how do they deal with wonder then how do they make all of this stop oh Ooh. they they go to confront her okay and and ask her what's been going on and they find that wonder is in a room talking to the corpse of agatha harkness <laughs> Not in a mystical speaking to a ghost kind of way, in a deeply disturbing Norman Bates kind of way. What this mum, this like mummified corpse of Agatha Harkness? Um, she's been talking to this dead body and and hearing voices in her head. Wonder is out of control. That's really dark. And 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 as they confront her, another bout of chaos erupts around them. Suddenly, the Hulk appears out of nowhere and starts attacking them. And there are now multiple Spider Men from all different angles. And the Avengers start to attack each other. And it's all going downhill until Doctor Strange opens the eye of uh, Agamotto, or however it's pronounced, and, and shows Wanda a vision or a truth or something that terrifies her. And her mind just shuts down and she slips into a coma. Oh dear. And that is where the story was originally going to end. Ooh. Wanda goes into a coma, the Avengers are disbanded completely, Brian Michael Bendis can get on with creating the new Avengers, but as he's explaining the story to other Marvel writers and editors when he's got get going, a writer called Jeff Loeb responds with, that sounds awesome, how the hell is Magneto going to respond to that? <laughs> Which sparks light bulbs in Bendis's head. So oh. it, it doesn't end like that. Okay. How how it ends? How it does end? Avengers disassembled ends with Magneto bursting in on this group of physically beaten and emotionally broken Avengers, mm. and he sees his daughter in a coma, and he announces. To the most powerful people in like the the, the the country that he is taking his daughter with him mm. and he picks her up and not a single one of her friends or colleagues does anything about it they essentially hang their heads and let the world's greatest terrorist take wander away so how do we go from the end of the avengers to the house of m well, uh, a bit of time passes. <clears throat> okay. the, the Avengers disband completely, hmm. and then a, a new team of heroes is, is is thrown together by chance, much like the first team back in the sixties. There's a big uh, prison break, so 
a bunch of characters kind of by coincidence or by chance all respond to the same like emergency and mm. Captain America puts those heroes together and basically says like the world needs a team of avengers um but they don't work for the government or shield or the UN they don't have any of tony stark's vast funding like <laughs> there's an absolutely brilliant scene where steve rogers visits peter parker who is at the time working as a substitute teacher oh. in a school in queens <laughs> and peter is broke and uh cap says son we worked great the other night i've always respected you I've always admired you the world needs a team of avengers it's time to answer the call i want to make you part of the and peter just he, he he's not sure at the start and then he eventually comes around and uh after going through all of his misgivings about being... He basically says, I don't do that, uh, um, Cap. I, I work on my own. You know mm-hmm. that about me. I work on my own. And and Captain America looks at me and goes, oh, yeah, yeah. How's that working out for you? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, oh, my life's terrible. Yeah, I'll join the Avengers. Yeah, I'll join the Avengers. <laughs> and he goes, good, welcome to the team. And then as they're walking off, as they're walking off, Peter Parker says, God, i tell you what, though. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that payday. I can't wait. At least, at least, I'm going to finally get paid. And, and Kazuma goes, "Oh, there's no money this time." <laughs> and <laughs> Spider-Man's like, "Parker, look again. The one time I'm on the team, and it's the time Tony Stark isn't paying anybody, which is a really genuinely wonderful moment in 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 all of this, and mm. kind of dispels what the fears were. So yeah, they're, they're a stripped back team of Avengers. Um, the 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 new Avengers, the X Men, and some of the old traditional Avengers get together in 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 Manhattan to discuss what to do with Wanda. Okay, they are all very concerned about what happened. Uh, with 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 the the attack, the power levels are instability. Emma Frost, the White Queen of the X Men, um, she says that. You know, if it ever gets out that that Wanda attacked the Avengers and murdered three of them, Mm. it would set mutant-human relations back to the Stone Age. Yes. It would be... Like, Sentinel programs would be activated the next day. Internment camps would come back. That is the concern of the mutant population. Mm. Wanda may be an Avenger, but by being a mutant, she is... We have to deal with this issue. Um, Wolverine and some others believe that the only option is to kill Wanda, like put basically put her down. But Captain America does not want to hear that, and 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 believes there must be another way. This sounds a bit like The Sopranos, where Tony is being told to kill his cousin, that animal Blundetto. Yeah, it it, it it's it's the the morale, you know the. When there are these institutions yeah. that are beyond or above the law, be it the mafia or the Avengers, <laughs> the Magia, they, the Magia, they they have to decide. Yep. What when there is when you are the authority, you have to make this decision. Absolutely. Okay. So where is Wanda? She's not in prison. The last thing that you said was Magneto came and took her away. 
Yeah, this is something that spans out of mm. what's been going on in the X-Men comics. Okay. In the X-Men comics at the time, Magneto is kind of working towards rehabilitating himself. Ooh. And he's working with Professor X in Genosha. Mm. We we talked about Genosha in some of the X-Men issue episodes. Um it it was this um South Africa apartheid analogy in in mm. in the X-Men universe yeah. where humans created an incredibly prosperous technologically advanced nation on the back of of mutants being second class slash slave labor. Mm. Uh that was disp- deposed and mutants are basically ran the whole island and it was like a mutant safe haven kind of place and then sentinels attacked and killed a lot of mutants like hundreds of thousands were wiped out Ooh, wow 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 and xavier and magneto are trying to rebuild the nation and, and, mm. and trying to come to terms with with what felt like almost a, a kind of a, a holocaust of some description mm. hopefully that that isn't uh, a, a, a horrible thing to, to analogy to draw, um, and that's where Xavier and Magneto have been trying to help Wanda in Genosha. Mag- Xavier using his telepathy to try and reach her and stuff, but it's not been working. Mm. Uh, we see Wanda in a room, in a bedroom. With the vision standing next to her, smiling, oh. which the vision never did in life. Oh, Doctor no. Strange and Magneto are there, and she's giving birth to twins again. And Xavier enters the room and is like, None of this is real. You are only hurting yourself by doing this. You have to stop abusing your powers and creating all of this again and again. So she's kind of gone off the rails here. Yeah, I oh, mean, no. hugely. Um, meanwhile, moving between the X Men and Avengers in New York and Genosha mm. is Pietro. Pietro has been both an Avenger and an X Man, and and he he has clearly been listening in slash spying. On this meeting, I don't know. I I, I don't think he's invited. Uh, no one asks where's Pietro, but he's there. Okay, but no one knows he's there, so we kind of assume he's moving at speeds so fast no one can see him. Mm. And and he's been spying on them, and he races back to Genosha to warn Magneto that these people are coming to kill his sister. That's what they're talking about. Oh no! Um, and Magneto doesn't know what to do he cannot help Wanda, Xavier cannot help Wanda and he tells Pietro exactly that and Pietro breaks down into tears because they're, they're coming to put his sister down and mm. even his even his, his powerful tyrannical father doesn't know how to stop them or even whether he should stop them, Ooh. Magneto is wavering on that he doesn't know what should be done here um, and the Avengers and X Men decide that they have to go and they have to go and speak to Wanda. Mm. This comment by Wolverine is not. It's not like the whole team went. Yep, let's go kill her. But Wolverine is definitely thinking that mm. Emma Frost 
if she's not thinking that, I imagine Emma Frost is thinking what Emma Frost always thinks when she encounters a problem, which is, oh, it's fine, I'll just wipe their mind and turn them into a baby or a child, or I'll, I won't kill them. <laughs> I'll just put them in a coma forever. I don't really care. What's your problem again? Mind wipe you. Um, but <laughs> Wasp and, and Carol... Um, I don't, yeah, Carol Danvers is there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the, the, the traditional, they're like, we have to go in. T- we have to see what she's got to say for herself. We have to see what's what's been going on since the attacks. And so they fly to Genosha, and as they arrive and start to approach where Magneto and Xavier and Wanda are, one by one, the team of heroes start to disappear. What? Just, blink out of existence until only Spider-Man is left Spider-Man finally disappears in a bright white light and when he wakes up he wakes up in bed to the sound of a crying baby and so Peter gets up to go and feed the baby leaving his wife Gwen Stacy to go back to sleep wait she's alive what what what's happened here then uh, we're going to pull back a little bit. <laughs> that answer is to come. We're going to pull back a little oh, bit. Oh, God. This is um, going to be an epic bonus episode. This is too much. I mean, I just, pre- previous previous stuff previous stuff we did, like uh, the that, that Spider-Man one we did was crazy enough. And I feel we've got more to come with this, right? Yeah, we, have, oh, we definitely have. Oh, amazing. Uh, we're just going to pull back a little bit away yeah. from... Away from the 616 and into the regular world for a minute. Okay. Will and, and listeners will remember our mega Age of Apocalypse episode and our Secret Wars episode where we uh, we took on crossover events. These these events in Marvel that were started with the Secret Wars in the, in the 80s where superheroes cross over with each other. And there's a big storyline event that, that takes place in multiple comic books it has Mm. ramifications throughout the marvel universe in the 80s and 90s marvel did a load of these where the the story impacts a lot of different comic books and heroes and villains from things like inferno Mm. which was an x-men story that that bridged out through non-x-men comics the infinity gauntlet yeah um which as we'll look at when we get time to it the infinity gauntlet is actually just the first part of the Infinity Saga. Uh, we then get the Infinity War, the Infinity Crusade, um, to Onslaught, which uh, is an insane thing that happens in the 90s. These crossovers were money makers; They were big deal. But since Marvel's bankruptcy and being sold, and the new creative direction they're on, Marvel decided not to do them anymore. Uh, when... Oh. Joe Quesada, that we talk about quite a lot on the on the show, became editor in chief, and he's a towering figure mm. in the history of Marvel. When Quesada becomes editor in chief, his focus is not on big flashy crossovers and events and stunts, which is what the nineties had become. It, his focus is on: we need to fix our characters, we mm. need stability, we we need to focus on basically getting. The most important thing in the in the company is our character. We need to get them right. So Quisada, who has his experience publishing 
having his own comic book company, small comic book company, but his own creator-owned comic book company. He's a, he was a writer and an artist and an editor. He's got connections like you wouldn't believe because all these <laughs> cool guys that he worked with in the independent comic book world are, are now the, exactly the guys you want. Mm. He knows who to put on what books, right? Mm. So he goes, I, I'd like someone to come in and have a cool take on the Fantastic Four. I'll get my friend Grant Morrison to come in and write the Fantastic Four, and 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 to do a book, do a do a, do a book about Marvel Boy, and uh, oh, uh, I need I need I need to solve I need to fix the Punisher, Garth Ennis. I'm going to bring Garth Ennis in to fix the Punisher, and and, and uh, you know he he puts Mark Miller and Brian Michael Bendis onto this mm. little project called Ultimate Marvel, mm. and creates a storm there. Uh, he puts uh, Babylon 5 creator, J. Michael Straczynski, he goes, here's Spider-Man. I want you to revolutionize Spider-Man. And J. Michael Straczynski does for many, many years. Excellent. Who's going to solve Daredevil? Oh, this this little friend of mine called Kevin Smith. Kevin, <laughs> Daredevil for me. Um, yeah. And so this shift in focus was really working. These are guys from outside the Marvel talent pool of the 90s, whether they are from indie comics, uh, DC's Vertigo, or 2000 AD, or whether they're from TV and movie world, they brought amazing quality back to these characters. Um, a focus on, on writing and character rather than stunts. But this wonder situation is just crying out for a crossover. As soon as someone said to Bendis, what the hell's Magneto going to do? <coughs> he knew that the wonder story... <laughs> was going to get bigger than what was initially a way to get rid of the old Avengers. That was mm, all it okay. was. So originally it was planned to just be a crossover between the new Avengers comic and the Astonishing X-Men comic. But the more they looked at it, the more everyone knew, it, you know what? We, we've put in the work on our characters. We've got great writers everywhere. We're ready. It's time Let's bring back the big event crossover. And and this event, House of M, put the story to one side. It is groundbreaking mm. in the way it was put together. It is groundbreaking. It, it did all these completely different... It, all these things are completely different to how other, any other crossover had worked before. And it essentially, mm. Marvel created a blueprint. House of M is the blueprint for, for how... All crossover events will be run in the future, not just Marvel. DC copied the same blueprint once they saw how successful it was. Okay, so what was so different about House of M? Uh, uh, there's, there's, there's two things, really. Like from, from a marketing mm. perspective, um, House of M was the first event to use internet marketing to get mm. fans to read a comic. Uh, this is all before social media constricted where people went online. So there were a lot more options for this. Marvel, and particularly Brian Michael Bendis, the writer, they used chat rooms, they used news groups, if you can remember them, and, uh, and, and they gave loads of interviews to blog sites to create this huge buzz around mm. House of M. Um, it, it was all centred around, like... Basically, what you want to do yeah. is get people talking, and 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 
House of M really got people talking. Bendis, the the man who shattered the Avengers and and pissed off so many traditional fans, he's back. And this time it's not just the Avengers, it's the X-Men. They're in the mix. And, oh my God, what is going to happen with Wanda after... You know, so so Bendis and Marvel were all over the the comic book sections of the internet, um, and and they're they're beating the drum and they're 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 loudly proclaiming that House of M is going to break <laughs> the internet, um, and this is the first event where fans were online, the first crossover event where that happened. It never happened before Oof. for a crossover event, so fans were already going crazy online about Avengers Disassembled and Wanda and it's just like what Mm. we're seeing now with WandaVision like when when Spider-Man vanished and woke up in bed next to Gwen Stacy it was all the comic book sites and the chat rooms talked about for four weeks until the next comic comes out we're seeing with WandaVision right now, what the episodic release of episodes does. It's exactly like reading a comic. When you're super invested in it, you have four weeks to wait until that cliffhanger is resolved or that mystery is solved or to find out if that character that fell out the window actually died. And House of M just delivered huge plot twists and moments at every step of the way. And so the internet fans had four weeks to <laughs> speculate and debate and argue and create their own fan theories. And, and all of this action and, and conversation is impossible to ignore. So even if you don't read Avengers or X-Men comics, if you're online, then you know about it. Mm. You've heard about it. And it, it's grabbed your attention and made you curious to find out more. This was huge for any comic book, and it was reflected in the sales of House of M, which was a big, big hit. Uh, Sidebar, this is also what happened with the TV show Lost, which comes out at around the same time as House of M. Lost is the first show which presents, like, not just ER. ER is an episodic drama, but Lost because of what it did, because it is science fiction, and because it constantly presented mysteries that drove you <laughs> mad and solved them with, with and, and then twisted the plot around, chat rooms and news groups and blog sites were all talking about it because Lost presented the audience with all these different puzzles and mm. mysteries and cliffhangers. And, and, and for the first time, the audience had a place to discuss this show and what it all mm. means. Before, you would chat to the person you live with if they watched it with you and hopefully someone (laughs) on your lunch break at work or down the pub, but only if they've seen it, and that was it. The internet created these spaces for fans to go wild with debate and Mm. speculation and fan theories, which I did (laughs) for a poison chalice. The, The... the audience would spend seven days after Lost going crazy with themselves mm. and crazy at each other, form their own fan theories, answer their own questions and question other people's answers. And, and, and here's what we've learned from Lost that we're starting to see with WandaVision. A lot of these people will fan theory themselves into being disappointed 
about a really good show. <laughs> because they'll spend weeks forming their own stories and resolutions and answers and arguing with other fans about why their theory is correct and how it's only my theory that makes sense and they're the only ones who yeah, spotted all the yeah, clues. Yeah. So no matter what the show does, you will not be happy. <laughs> I hate fan theories at times. I really do. Again, bring it back to The Sopranos, the amount of fan theories that say... Uh, well, I want to say spoiler alert, but the show's... The show ended decades ago. So it's like, oh, some people still think Tony's alive. Some people think Adriana's still alive. And it's like, no, it's clearly communicated. The clues were there. But that is fine because that show cannot disappoint you any... That show is... After the fact, it's perfectly fine to do that. If your interpretation is completely different... Ah, to the to the to the to the artist, the creator, like David Lynch says, you watch my movie in a different way than I watch my movie. It's it, whatever you, your opinion, your belief on my story is equally as valid as what I I created. Mm. That is that is a that might be insufferable, but whatever, who cares? When you do it as the show is running, look at Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> is when you do it no. as the show is running, you will ruin it for yourself. Correct. Anyway, anyway, uh, that all became a huge part of House of M. Online marketing. Um, it was adopted for every other crossover event, and 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 the other big difference is publishing wise. So, the way crossover stories used to work is they were spread out. You've got lots of monthly comics that are being published. You've got Spider-Man and X-Men, and you've got Wolverine and Avengers, and you've got Captain America, and you've got Iron Man. And if a big Marvel story is happening, part one will happen in Spider-Man, part two will happen in Daredevil, part three will happen in Wolverine, part four will happen... And you, Mm. if you want the full story, have to buy all of them. That is the marketing ploy of a crossover event. It is to drive sales and everything, right? Mm. And and sometimes it would force a comic book to stop whatever story they were in the middle of telling to spend one issue tied into this big crossover. Yeah. And a lot of times that was clunky and disjointed. Oh, I can totally imagine that. Plus, they t- who's, who's the guy who's the con- continuity master? Oh, uh, Bob Bob Harris did a lot of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have been totally on that. He would have to be yeah. coordinating the hell out of that. What House of M did is ditched that entirely oh, and no. introduced a new way of doing it. Okay. They were created... House of M was an eight-issue, self-contained miniseries. Mm. If you want to read House of M, you can buy the eight-issue miniseries monthly... And that is the beginning, the middle, and the end of House of M. Mm. Other monthly comics, if they chose to and if they wanted to, and if they had the space and the time to, would 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 dance around it, would tie into it if they wanted to. But what Marvel also did, because it's all about driving sales, it's no, it's honestly no good just selling one more comic. Mm. They published a bunch of spin-off miniseries as well. So instead of House of M taking over the regular monthly Spider-Man comic, Marvel produced and published a special House of M Spider-Man series, five issues long miniseries done and dusted. Oh, so like a miniseries based 
spinning off of the miniseries. Yes. And it, even it, mini it, series. It's part of House of M. Yeah. It, it, it plays into the story, feeds off the story, it does more and it builds. Okay. But you don't need to read it to to enjoy yeah. and get the full House of M. And it was a much cleaner, clearer, less cluttered way of telling a story. Mm. And it didn't interrupt or interfere with other things that were going on. It's and like a very uh, clinical, very good way of doing this. Like it's, it's like a separating an experiment, isolating its own th- thing so it doesn't contaminate everything. I suppose so, yeah. I mean, it, it allows readers to pick and choose what they want to buy and read. And mm. I know that sounds odd because they always have that choice, but I can remember as uh, as a child... I didn't quite grasp all of this stuff, and then I sort of did, and I just have holes in a story because I didn't. I only got three comics. I've only got three parts of a nine-part story. That mm. sucks. As a teenager <clears throat> and a young man, I didn't have the money to get everything, and so when a new crossover comes out, to a certain extent, you feel daunted by the fact that are all the clues going to be spread out over? all of these comics that I can't get. Mm. Um, so it, the House of M model is it is fantastic. It meant that you could buy and read the main story and just that if you wanted to, or any other little spin-off miniseries that, that came along with it. This completely changed how all crossover events were made from then on. Mm. Marvel adopted it wholly, and DC soon, soon followed suit. Oh, I'm not surprised there. Okay, so you've given us a fantastic overview of the marketing and the organisation. That is definitely... <laughs> it, 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 it sounds like I'm being sarcastic and just saying, hey, this has nothing to do with the story. No, because I know you're chomping at the bit. You're, you're, you're chomping at the bit for, for the next part of the story. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I am. I, I, I want to know what happens next, but I, 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 I do thank you very much for that because that's incredibly important. But anyway, let's get back to the Ruddy story. Why is, she still, why is Gwen Stacy still alive? Um, I'm going to put this to you at the end of this to see to see what you think's going on. What we see after this whiteout event, mm. it's not like Age of Apocalypse, where okay. it's a nightmare, dystopian world. Everyday life is pretty much the same. Mm. Very similar, anyway. Key changes that no one thinks are weird. No one thinks they're changes. Okay. Their memories, their memories have altered to go along with the changes. So yeah. we see that Hank McCoy mm-hmm. works alongside Hank Pym, and Two they work for Tony Stark. And Tony Stark is the most successful human businessman in a world mm-hmm. where mutants occupy all the top positions and roles. And what? Pym and McCoy well, discuss... Oh. Matter-of-factly, as scientists, the fact that humans, as a species, are dying mm. out. With fewer oh, and fewer no. humans being born every year, whilst mutants continue oh, to prosper. So this is not an evil war between mutants and humans. It's mm. just evolution. It's, it's finally caught up with humanity. Wow. If mutants are the next step... This is where they start to progress, and humans mm. are no longer the next smart move revolution to take. The nation of Genosha, 
It is not like apocalypse rules. <laughs> a nation of Genosha mm. is the most uh, wealthy and technologically advanced nation in the world. Nice. It's the leader of the free world. It's mm. a mutant-run society, and it's ruled over by the most powerful, like royal family, <laughs> Ooh, which is hello. the house, the house of Magnus. Ah, Magneto. Yes. His children, Wanda, Pietro, and Lorna, mm-hmm. and Wanda's two twin children, his okay. grandchildren. That's expected. That sounds exactly how I'd imagine a mutant-dominated world to play out. We see Steve Rogers mm-hmm. is an old man. Oh, He's hello. retired, a retired pensioner and a veteran of World War II. <laughs> Wasp is the most famous and sought-after fashion designer in the world, making clothes for royal dignitaries. Oh, wow. Dazzler from the X-Men has her own Oprah-style TV show. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Gambit is a humble thief, staying one step ahead of the law. He's like Aladdin. Okay, that sounds like Gambit anyway, but cool. Carol Danvers is Captain Marvel for the first time ever. Mm. Carol Danvers had never been Captain Marvel before. House of M oh, okay. was first first see you first see it carol danvers has been miss marvel mm. and very recently weird she, weirdly she was called warbird we <laughs> are gonna get to that in the captain marvel movie mm. in in house of m carol danvers is finally realizing her true potential she is captain marvel she is beloved as like the most powerful superhero in the world mm. spider-man is the biggest celebrity in the world. Oh, okay. Everywhere you look in New York, there's Spider-Man merchandise. He appears on every TV show. His identity <laughs> is publicly known. Oh, hello. Peter Parker. Yeah. The world believes Peter Parker to be a mutant. Ah, he is, hello. Yeah. He is a famous actor, superhero, wrestler, and <laughs> businessman. He is rich and famous... And he's married and has two children. Uncle Ben is alive. Gwen Stacy uh-huh. is alive. Captain Stacy is alive. Does anything about what I've described, what does it strike you as going on? Anything? I, I think everything strikes me as a bit odd. It sounds like a weird, pleasant shift. It's a... Pl- it's a- it- it's pleasant. It's what is there a common? Can you see a common thread between any of that? A common thread. Um, are 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 people? Uh, are they doing what they want to do? Are they are there are their desires coming true? Everyone has had their heart's desire come true. Yeah, yeah. Because like, it's too pleasant. It's abs- It's too nice. There's no, there's no like caveats or buts, you know. There's, there's the, the the changes don't come with a but. They're just too perfect. We'll see. We'll see. Oh. <laughs> okay, so this is a new world. No one's going. Hey, a minute. What happened? I was, I was just about. To, I was just fighting on the lawn of a mansion with a broken jet plane, and now suddenly I've got a hot wife. What the hell? Spider. None of those people are, but uh, 
on the shield on a shield heli carrier hovering mm. above Manhattan. Wolverine, captain of Shield's Red Guard, elite soldiers, wakes up mm. from a bad dream, rushes out of his bedroom onto the roof, looks down at Manhattan, and realizes the whole world is wrong. He sees sentinels oh. <laughs> flying, sentinels hovering over Manhattan and New York and things, but but very strange, mili- very strange, like steampunk looking sentinels. And he's a on a heli carrier. What? Why? Why are there sentinels if it's a mutant-dominated mm. world? Is that ever explained? They they belong to Shield. Shield have sentinels. Right. It's even not it's... explained in this series, and it wouldn't be explained for another several years. And I'm reticent to bring that in. They just. Okay, here's another thing about the the, the Sentinels. Mm-hmm. Their their heads and faces all bear like instead of a normal shield uh, Sentinel head, they all have Magneto's mask helmet on. Oh yes, they do, don't they? They are House of Magnus Sentinels. Oh no, I was thinking of a regular Sentinel. And they do have that kind of Saxony-looking mask <coughs> helmet. Hmm. They kind of, they kind of have that kind of helmet on anyway, don't they? Yeah, well, they've got a weird domey head, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. They okay. Very interesting. Very interesting. Okay, so this is this is I like this caveat. So Wolverine remembers the real world. It's almost like the film version of Days of Future Past, where he's, you know, he he's 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 he's, he's in almost like another, not not another yeah. body, but another, but he's aware of the situation, if you will. More than that. Wolverine yeah. wakes up and Wolverine has all of his memories back. Oh, oh. Wolverine oh. for the first time ever in the history of Marvel Comics in the history of Wolverine, he remembers his entire life. Yes, cuz you did tell me uh he has a lot of memory loss as well. So Marvel had revealed Wolverine's hidden past hidden past Plast. in uh, 2001 with a really good series called Origin. But even though the readers knew of his past in the 19th century, Mm. Wolverine himself possessed none of that knowledge. Well, now everyone's greatest desires are being granted. He remembers (laughs) everything. He knows his real name for the first time. Uh He, he, He doesn't have time to deal with this. He doesn't have time to deal with the memories flooding back because his most prevalent thought is... Remembering the real world, the Avengers, the mm-hmm. X-Men, Wanda, going to Genosha. And uh, that is one of the moments that sent the internet into a tizzy. The idea that Wolverine <laughs> remembers I everything. not surprised. That is brilliant. So Wolverine basically like runs away from S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm. because he re- they realise he is not acting right. He legs okay. it and he, he goes into Manhattan. He tries to look for uh, Xavier. To he goes to Xavier Mansion, but mm. finds no trace of Charles Xavier anywhere. Just a rich family. Mm. He he tries to call Peter Parker, but gets um, but gets connected to the Spider Man fan club. Mm. Uh, he ends up being kidnapped by the Human Resistance in, uh, in Hell's <laughs> Kitchen, led by Luke Cage. 
and suddenly Wolverine is staring down the barrel of an arrow pointed directly at his face by Hawkeye. Oh, man. So he's alive here. Before we go any further, by the way, before we get on going on to Hawkeye, uh, this sounds to me like whatever has caused all of this to happen, it sounds like what uh, the effect it's had on Wolverine is almost like some kind of loophole or a bug where it wasn't meant to happen. Every, no one is supposed to remember it, but, but the desire of Wolverine is to remember everything. And not only has he remembered everything, he remembers everything prior to this big change. That is a nice little interesting loophole in, in that. In that, uh, in that. There's, there's also some suggestion that by virtue of Wolverine having his mind messed with so many times, he mm. becomes a bit more resistant to people wiping memories and stuff but okay. yeah yeah i uh, it is it is the accident it's 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 like someone's not really paying attention to what they are doing with they this did, world yeah they just did it entirely it was a very uh copy paste job and they didn't think wait a minute this could cause problems this with this contradicts one. what we want to do yeah yeah okay so but so hawkeye he died in the avengers and now he's here he's alive and well yeah, um, the, 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 third, the third issue of House of M ends with this full-page shot of Hawkeye stepping out the darkness in costume, bow and arrow, mask on, he's alive and well, and this really did break the internet. Um, wow. People were so... I can't tell you how angry people were that Hawkeye died. This happens a lot. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. Uh, yeah. um, why did you change something I was just starting to <laughs> that thing I didn't buy uh, I mean, Hawkeye had had his own solo comic cancelled because sales were poor yeah. and the sales of Avengers that he was in were poor so you know it, 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 it's odd when this happens to characters that you go well they're not they're not popular no one buys them but people still want them to be around mm. and it was a uh, it was a mad rabid time when they killed him off. So bringing him back, the the chat rooms and message boards went crazy. Every comic book blog site was writing about it for like four weeks, and this kind of <laughs> stuff just fueled more and more sales for the event, especially at, at, at issue three. Right, mm. issues one and two always sell really well, but then yeah. three is where people, if not enjoying something. It might drop off. You lose that first release buzz. So yeah, the perfect yeah, yeah, yeah. time to do something like that is the end of issue three. People are like, oh, there's a new thing. Oh, I've got to get number four now. Okay, okay. I mean, what your, I think your reaction was pretty much the same as that when you read it. Uh, no. No. Oh. I do not believe characters will stay dead <laughs> i don't understand people that do you're insane you're it's because i'm a wrestling fan brother you're yep. being worked <laughs> i know when i i know when i'm being worked man i know yeah. he's i know he's gonna kick out at three so um i i i, I yeah it, I, it was a bit cynical of me but i also 
felt to it. So I don't want to trash on the series because people are really excited about learning about it. And I don't mm. like to do that on this. Uh, we have covered several, numerous times, um, comic books that I dislike. <laughs> and I try, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to bag on, you know, rag on anyone's a thing they're excited about. Um, I, 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 I felt, what's the point in killing a character to bring him back within a couple of months? It just seemed dumb. Like, I, I just, Felt it. I I I liked Hawkeye, and I wasn't, um, I wasn't like happy when he died, or I didn't I didn't actually think his death was a was a. I didn't think his death scene was good. It was weird. I don't know what mm. was going on with it. They never they never really set, stated this, but it seemed like Wanda kind of pushed him to kill himself because it was a mad mad thing that he just flew into the engines of a warship and blew himself up. Oh, absolutely! They also, they also never explicitly said because Wanda was controlling him, so it was a bit weird. And then he's back. How can I miss you if you won't go away? <laughs> I thought I thought this kind of thing was standard practice for most long-running comics, but yeah, I I, I get you. Yeah, it can be. It, it can be. They tend to only happen in big events, really. The deaths. Ah, that makes sense. So, uh, who else in this human resistance? Uh, you know that's kidnapped Wolverine. Who who else do we have? Who else do we have? Uh, Luke Cage seems to be the man in charge, um, cool. uh, which is great because I'm a big, big, big Luke Cage fan. I loved seeing him uh, join the Avengers and and rise to a level of prominence. So it's kind of cool seeing him here in a leadership role. Um, mm. Hawkeye, obviously, uh, cloak. Do you know Cloak and Dagger? They've got a TV series at the moment. That rings had up. one. I think that rings a bell. That that that, that popped up, but I, yeah. I don't know anything else apart from the name. Um, so, cloak has is, is like a, a figure. He's kind of got this this powerful trans dimensional cloak, big mm. blue and black cloak that surrounds him. And sometimes he has no body. He's just a floating cloak and a and a head. And then he has got a yeah. body. And, he can teleport, and he can teleport you, and and he can he travels to the dark dimension to teleport mm. people places, and and then his partner and his his uh, friend is Dagger, who is uh, uh, incredible, bright white powers. She can shoot light at people, so that's kind of their deal. It's just cloak, no dagger. So he's the only one that seems to have any powers in this group, although. Mm. I'd imagine Luke Cage has got unbreakable skin still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I was about uh, I was about to say, uh, Cloak and Dagger sounds like an idea for a detective show that Alan Partridge would have pitched to Tony Hares at the BBC. <laughs> well, that's exactly where they got the name that you know the name from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's the kind of like non-powered versions of Iron Fist, mm-hmm. Moon Knight, but with no costume, just Mark Spector, Black mm. Cat, Felicia Hardy, Misty Knight, no robot arm. I don't think. And White Tiger, like mm. uh, most of the New York street level characters, right? Um, okay. And and Wolverine tells them about how the world should be and how it must all be Magneto's daughter's doing, um, and and she must have altered reality and seems to have granted everyone's biggest wish. She thinks about mm. Peter Parker being accepted and him having all his memories back because those are the two he knows about, and he's mm. like, that's everyone's biggest wish. And Wolverine, from that, he 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 kind of works out that Wanda would not have known this stuff on her own. She could, uh, she must have used Charles Xavier. 
that to Ooh. go into everyone's minds and find out their deepest desire there, ah. deepest heart's desire. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, so Xavier is a priority. They need to find him. Cage mm. and the Resistance tell Wolverine that it can't be. They're like what Mag- Magneto's human daughter, Wanda, the human. <laughs> she's not a mutant. She's the only member of the House of Magnus that is a human. Can't be her. So that's what? an alteration. Yeah, that's an interesting alteration. Oh, say, obviously at this point, Wolverine tells Hawkeye that he's meant to be dead, right? Yeah, I would have kept that to myself. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he 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 tells him that you you know, Wanda was one of your closest friends, and she she murdered you like really recently. I I, I think at this point it doesn't really matter that much because it's just like oh things are different here you're dead and I'll be like ah if someone said that to me I'll be like yeah that sounds like an alternate reality to me it's like fair enough fair I'm alive here well I you think you'd immediately believe them oh okay oh you mean uh, hmm. so they don't believe him do they just think he's crazy then is that what you're saying well no, they do. They do believe him, but it. Oh, okay. Yeah. But they shouldn't because yeah, yeah. he he it, they're the human resistance and he works for Shield and they're they're kind of like outlaws slash terrorists and he's working for the man and everything. But the the reason they 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 believe him is because of a mysterious young girl called Lila uh, Layla Miller, mm. who basically walks in off the street finds Luke Cage and tells him exactly the same story Wolverine did Ooh. the world is wrong and Wanda has done it and Layla remembers the world the way it's meant to be I mean she's a bit spooky mm. she talks like an adult um, and she seems to know things about the heroes that a normal member of the public wouldn't like she knows things that we the audience know Mm. Like, like if you're Joe Q. Public who reads a newspaper and watches the telly, you're not going to know all these facts about you know and, and personal stuff and things. Yeah. Um, and Layla is able to physically awaken memories of the real world in people. Yeah, psychically, sorry, not physically, psychically. Okay. She's shown Luke Cage his real life, um, and 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 his 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 girlfriend and all of that but hawkeye refuses to have anyone mess with his head yeah. especially now he's been told that he's meant to be dead mm. um so the, the resistance take layla and wolverine to track down all these other members of the avengers and x-men and to wake them up basically like one by mm. one layla wakes up everyone they can find um although the team do decide to leave steve rogers alone because <laughs> yeah. he's He's a very old man now. Wouldn't be able to help. Yeah, and besides, he's he's sort of retired now. You 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 want him to rest. You want him to have a good, yeah. good old rest. So, Layla, who is she? Has she been in anything before? Because I've never heard of her. No, uh, she, this is the first appearance, uh, the very first mm. time she's created in this in this series, House of M. And like, she's just she's has she has she's mysterious. She's an enigma. Mm. Emma Emma Frost, the White Queen, like examines her mind and her powers and says, "Well, you, these abilities to awaken memories—they, like, they are—they're psychic and they're not psychic. 
mm. and basically says you're you're an enigma don't know what you are and dr strange believes that layla is a failsafe introduced to the house of m world by wanda so that there is a way to undo what she'd done ah that, that that's wait a minute wait a minute that's his theory. That's a th- that is a very interesting theory. So wait, wait, Doctor Strange. So he's 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 here as well. Yes. Okay, he's with the like he- all of them. Every every hero, every villain, everyone in the world is there, and they we've gone round and they've woken up everyone from right, the Avengers okay. they can find, everyone from the X Men they can't find Charles Xavier. That's that's the key um, one, right? And they okay. leave Steve Rogers alone, but everyone else is back on board. Okay, so it's almost like Layla isn't really a person. This is what I think. Layla isn't a person. She's sort of a conduit of backup memories. She's basically a hard drive. She's an external mm. hard drive with legs. That's interesting. I I am theorising here, and your face is giving things away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... If the heroes, right, have been granted their biggest wish, aren't they annoyed at being woken up? Yes, yeah, but but not like at being woken up. Like they yeah. are, their all their anger is directed at, at Magneto mm. for doing this. They're okay. they're really annoyed at being manipulated. Like Mystique and Wolverine were in a relationship. Yes, um, or at least they believe they were in a relationship because mm. this this is not a separate timeline. We need to remember that. Um, they hate each other in the real world. They're mm. bitter, bitter enemies. And Mystique is like furious that, as far as she's concerned, she's just been sleeping with the enemy. <laughs> but waking up Spider Man is is brutal. No, it's really no, no. Peter is enjoying a nice day out with his family. Gwen, Stacy, Uncle Ben, Aunt May, his little baby boy, and when they wake him up, he he's distraught and he's heartbroken that all these people he loved aren't really alive. They're all dead, and he has to remember that. He has to remember all the tragedy of his life all over it, again. Is that, is, that, guilt... is, is Aunt May dead? No. Okay, just no. making sure. And all the guilt come comes rushing mm. back. Um and he, he 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 can't take it. He runs away and um it, they have to rely on Wolverine to track him down and catch up with him and Pete is just distraught and he's uh you've never seen him this angry before ever. And Pete says that he's going to beat Magneto to death with his bare hands. Ooh, okay. This has done a number on everyone. This this sounds horrible. So we're looking at a, something big. Something big is brewing. A big old smackdown. Oh yeah, they they, they the, the the Avengers and the X Men they steal a Shield helicarrier. Uh, <laughs> Whoa! In, in the best way possible, uh, Emma Frost just like hijacks. Them, the the minds of the crew and goes fly to Genosha. There we go. We're gonna we're gonna be in the uh, in the cafeteria, <laughs> and uh, so they're they're flying to and, and mm. at Genosha at the same time the House of Magnus is preparing to receive dignitaries from around the world. Ooh, um, Willow, Aurora Monroe, 
Storm, she is the leader of parts of Africa. Mm. Uh, Prince Namor from Atlantis is coming. Uh, Victor Von Doom, who who is in charge of quite a lot of um, quite a lot of Europe, is coming, and and all these these dignitaries are coming mm. over. With no Captain America around, Cyclops uh, assumes leadership and organizes the, the the plan. They're going to attack in a couple of bursts, cause a huge distraction all of them, whilst just two, Doctor Strange and Emma Frost and Layla mm. find Professor Xavier so they can wake him up and basically force Wanda to undo everything that she's done. Okay. Um, because he'll be able to psychically take control of her and, and yeah, do that. He, he would just basically be the massive end switch. He'll be basically the fail, like a fail-safe. Well, they they they'll they'll need to take over her mind and and try to yeah. work out how to undo things. The the heroes attack the house of Magnus with a giant sentinel. The sentinel like descends <laughs> descends on this lovely like party for ambassadors and dignitaries. The sentinel comes flying in, then the sentinel opens up and and like all these all these insanely pissed off heroes leap out. Um, a huge <laughs> fight breaks out. Rogue, like, decides she she becomes the MVP. Rogue just starts <laughs> stealing powers from as many mutants as she can, and and like levels herself up to insane like proportions. She steals about half a dozen different power sets. Nice. And just starts walloping people. Um, and during the battle, um, the the team find that part of ha- the House of Magnus's grounds. Mm. Is the Charles Xavier Memorial Garden that commemorates oh. his death? No, with no, a plaque no, that no. said he died so Genosha could live. Oh, um, wow. which seems to shatter all hope for getting Wanda to reverse things. But then the cloak passes through the ground, mm. the floor. Yeah. And he can't find a coffin or a body. There's no body in the coffin. He can't find Xavier's body anywhere. Okay. So, so he what's... emerges and says he's not there. He's, he's not there. So is it is a dummy coffin or something? What What's happened to him then? That is a big mystery that extends beyond House of M. <laughs> Charles Xavier is missing. He's not He's not here. He's, he's just gone. Okay, okay. He's also. Gone. Also, uh, what's happening with Wanda during all of this? Is, is she fighting? Uh, they, you know, and and they said she was a human in this world, so I mean, she must be fighting or something. During the battle, Wanda turns into her entire body turns into a pile of square blocks uh? and just dismemb- falls apart, just collapses. That is weird. Magneto goes insane, thinking. That the Avengers and the X Men have, have killed his daughter, and he attacks more severely. Mm. But Doctor Strange finds Wanda inside this this mansion house, playing mm. with her children. Okay, her children, and together they are playing with wooden blocks. Ah, and the the human wonder wonder of the House of M, the House of Magnus, that's been in public has just been a construct. <laughs> Okay. That Wanda, Wanda has created while she spends all her time with her with her children. 
Mm. Wanda recognizes Doctor Strange and starts to talk about how none of this was her idea and that they only Ooh. wanted to make everyone happy. And uh, and Doctor Strange asks what did you do with Xavier? But before Wanda can answer, she is shot in the back with an arrow because Hawkeye has come for revenge, oh, baby. Oh, God, no. What horrible timing this man has. Uh, he's just... He's just... He's not all... He's not dealing with this very well. No, Wanda no. pulls the arrow out of the back... Out of her back. And one of her children waves his hand at Hawkeye. And mm-hmm. Hawkeye just blinks out of existence. Ooh, no. Ooh, no. And Wanda loses control again, like she did with with mm. Avengers Disassembled. She starts to have this huge breakdown, completely out of control. Doctor Strange can't reach her. Um, back in the big fight, Layla Miller mm. loses control of her um, powers and accidentally wakes up Magneto. Because ah. Magneto has been under a full set of memories as well. Mm. Magneto sees the real world and what's been done to him, and Magneto goes berserk, and he starts attacking Pietro, screaming, what have you done? The House of M was not Magneto's doing at all. Okay. It has all been Pietro's plan and Pietro's construct uh-huh. his plan plan to save his sister right okay okay this is interesting Pietro convinced Wanda to change the world to get these people away from her mm. and to give everyone their heart's desire to distract them so that they are nowhere near her ever again <laughs> Incredible. and Magneto he freaks out um, he, he starts viciously Beating his son Pietro with metal, saying that that like you used her and you used me. That's uh, not. It's just you torn everything apart. He ble- beats him to a bloody pulp, um, and only stops because Wanda emerges from the house, like, saves her brother, revives him, and attacks Magneto in her uncontrollable rage. She she says like she says Magneto's heart's desire and greatest wish wasn't family or happiness. It was conquest mm. again. Yeah. And Wanda says that mutants are not gods and they're not rulers. And she's gonna make sure of it. She utters three powerful words No more mutants. Oh, oh. And in a blinding flash, the House of M vanishes and the real world reappears. Okay, so this is everything going back to normal, right? Well, it depends on your definition of normal. um, Because the great thing about this is that the status quo is really, really changed. Mm. Layla Miller wakes up in her own bed and knows that the world has gone back to normal. Mm. So yes, the whatever was going on, it's not an illusion. It was a re- 
constructing of reality, that's mm. ended. But some things have changed forever. Um, Peter Parker wakes up next to Mary Jane, and he is haunted by the memories of House of M uh, and of this other life with living family members and a son he loved. And 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 Peter begs Doctor Strange to erase oh. those memories from his mind, but yeah, he is told that that's absolutely impossible. That's really sad. So basically, everything's back to normal, but everything everybody remembers what happened. Everybody remembers. No, no. Oh, some people okay. don't. Some people do, and 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 lots of people don't. Mm. Um, Wolverine remembers not just the House of M. Mm but everything else that happens in his life. He retains all of that for the first time. And as time goes on, more and more memories start to come back to him. Sometimes there's visions of his past life, and there's a great Wolverine series that explores all of that. Uh, Yeah. Okay, so what happened to Wanda? Doctor Strange... So Professor Xavier is missing, Mm. and... What, Doctor Strange cannot locate Wanda. Ooh, no. He speculates that she's dead, but he also sort of says that she may have, she may have like tapped out her the the, the extent of her powers. She mm. may have used up all all of her all of her abilities, meaning that she would then be hard for someone like Doctor Strange to find. Um, and the reader gets to see a woman mm-hmm. who looks a lot like Wanda. Yeah. A normal woman living a normal, carefree life in Eastern Europe. And that's the end of the answers. We don't get any more answers about that. <laughs> wow. Okay, what about Hawkeye? Is he back from the dead? Yes, but he's in a bad place and a bad mood mm. Re- remember that Hawkeye refused to have his memories restored by Layla Miller ah. so it's unclear if he would be the same man the Avengers knew before it all of this happened or if he would have the memories of the House of M mm. but the, the Avengers are alerted to a break in at the ruins of the old Avengers mansion and what they find there is Hawkeye's costume, like pinned to the wall with a series of arrows, mm. along with a newspaper cutting about Hawkeye's death. That's all they know about Hawkeye. And it's it's interpretation at that point. Yeah. Oh God. He he's 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 he seems to be back, but he's gone. Okay. So what did Wanda mean when she said no more mutants? She's warping reality again. Oh, no. Not just to end House of M, Mm. but to end the mutant gene. (laughs) So there are millions of mutants across the globe. Mm. And after Wanda says no more mutants and casts her most powerful reality-warping hex, the mutant population is decimated down to just 198 mutants. Oh, God, that is horrifying. So, they're not dead, but their mutant powers are switched off. They no longer mm. have the, the, the mutant gene, um, and and that 
that they discover later on when they're trying to Hank McCoy makes it his personal mission to try and reignite the mutants again and 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 and, and no more mutant babies are being born ever mm-hmm. that's not happening Hank McCoy even travels to parallel dimensions alternate mm. worlds and discovers that this reality warping occurred across the entire multiverse oh god he cannot go to another universe and find a solution and come back <clears throat> and this was this was like something that marvel wanted to um in institute and this was a, a good way of doing it Hmm. What they wanted to do is get away. They they'd had a lot of like with, with Apocalypse, Age of Apocalypse, and with Onslaught, yeah. and with some of the, the lingering Phoenix stuff. There's been an awful lot of like Omega level powerful mutants, and hmm. and Marvel at the time, two thousand four, two thousand five, wanted to shrink that back and get back to the idea of mutants being persecuted outsiders rather than there's millions of them and they can and they can control the world you know that's a mm. lot they wanted to get back to the idea of this this ragtag band of there's a few heroes there's a few villains and there are odds and da, 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 da. they were starting to become the dominant species in the marvel universe <laughs> because there's bloody hundreds of x-men they keep mm. creating more and more of them and then hundreds of villains and all of that so this was their... It's not a retcon. They did it no. in-universe. They had an actionable plot device to do this mm. and to go, boom, there's only 198 of them. And, may, you know, Jubilee lost all her powers. She was Ooh. depowered. Mm. And, you know, several other... Richter, you know, several other kind of pretty... sort of key-ish figures in the X-Men comics were depowered. Um, and... Uh, and it set the X-Men back to being to being um, more of the underdogs rather than, you know, hugely powerful creatures that stride the world and can sort of do anything. Yeah, that's quite sad. So Wanda is missing. Hawkeye is gone. Uh, Xavier is missing. Uh, reality has been warped and, and the mutants... Are are decimated. It's called M Day. This is what it's referred mm. to as, and this would last in Marvel Comics for a long, long time. Will that was one heck of a journey through the end of the Avengers. The Avengers being disassembled. The 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 kind of behind the page reasons for that happening. The storyline of Wanda going crazy. And then finally, mm. we took our look at the House of M that everyone right now is talking about, thanks to WandaVision. What are you? Uh, what are your thoughts, Dan? What are your thoughts on on Avengers Disassembled to begin with? The the, the falling apart of everything. Let's just go with that. I th- I think that was a brave move for them to do. I I I think it's very. <sighs> As, as much as it's horrible to move out of your comfort zone, uh, kill off characters and really tear things apart, I think it's a brave and admirable thing to do with a long-running narrative series to do that. Because it shows you you are willing to uh, change things around uh, to, to, just, 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 just to explore new avenues for the story. Absolutely. I mean, and, and from a marketing perspective, mm. I mean, 
New Avengers was hugely successful and became one of the top selling comic books in America, uh, which Avengers was not beforehand. So it reminds me of that phrase, "kill your darlings," and that's literally what they did. Yeah, yeah. kill your darlings. Oh, yeah, so you can move I mean, on. Every one of those characters came back. Yeah, obviously, because that's Marvel, isn't it? Hawkeye very quickly. It took, you know, uh, uh, it took. I think Vision was out the longest. No one was really that interested in bringing the Vision back. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, how, what what do you think of the mega event itself, House of M? I, 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 I like the implications. I, I. <laughs> If I was comparing it to Age of Apocalypse, Age of Apocalypse sounded like a much more fleshed out reality world than and House of M. But I think House of M, while the world it created wasn't exactly you know, up to that standard, the implications in the aftermath of it are quite horrifying and, and interesting. Part of that is, is this approach to keeping it simple. With, with yeah. Age of Apocalypse, I really tried to draw in... like They, they launched Age of Apocalypse... <laughs> Relaunched every like with like eight or nine comics that they completely mm. turned over to the Age of Apocalypse. So there were eight or nine separate stories going on in the Age of Apocalypse, and you saw different parts of the world. We mm. focused here on on the, the way they they focused the story was House of M was that, and then there were these other series that showed other aspects of it, and then in. Uh, two or three years later, they they brought out some comics that went back and kind of fleshed out the world of House of M, mm. um, and showed you what was kind of happening in 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 other parts of the world. Um, but yeah, it is a much more concise and tighter um, story. Yeah, much much tighter. I. Uh, uh, I won't get in trouble for this but people would disagree with me I do not believe it's a different timeline or universe Um, because House of uh, Age of Apocalypse they changed something in the past that altered altered the timeline Mm. that's not what happens here she just rewrites reality what we see in WandaVision at the moment isn't a different reality it's just it's just an altered bubble of whatever. It's, yeah, it's an altered, um, altered bubble. I mean, it's, it's still you think it's, it's still six one six. Yeah, it's six one yeah. six, but some of it's been changed. Now, of course, what they've done subsequently, Marvel, mm. uh, is they've they've kind of because they they you know like Hollywood, they have to keep going back to their big hits because they can't they mm. struggle to create new ones. So it is now its own timeline <laughs> um, and its own. It's you know it's Earth one one seven 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 two whatever it might be. Yeah, but um, but yeah. Um, I, what what is so? I, so I think they perhaps by 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 not having that much, as much depth to it, mm-hmm. um, it's perhaps because they 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 weren't trying to. Things are largely the same. They never even gave an explanation of how Magneto and how and the House of Magnus had rose to power. <laughs> they did that like two or three years later in a, in a separate kind of. Here's everything you need to know about the House of M from two years ago. So that, that that's that sounds like some weird footnotes that people put together because people were asking questions. That's why I'm reticent to include it, mate. Because nah, totally, totally, totally spot on. This I, is, I'm th- going with the story. This is like when I accidentally read 
some of the Watchmen uh, uh, like extended comics where it was like, oh, here's what the uh, previous uh, team was like, and it was yeah. it had none of none of the tone, and it, I just I I gave up reading it because it was just so superfluous. I hear you and charmless. You. Yeah. Um, my kind of and we we've we've we this has been exhaustive and and, and exciting. Mm. Uh, my final word yep. on on House of M is that. Whilst, uh, I'm, you know, reading this is pretty simple. Uh, you can you can get hold of Avengers Disassembled. Might be called Chaos. I don't think so. I think it's just called Avengers Disassembled. And you can get hold of House of M, which is, you know, eight issues. So you get mm-hmm. it in one trade. If you want any of the other spin-offs, um, House of M Spider-Man is really cool because Mark Wade writes that. He's a brilliant writer. And it's the most fleshed out of all the other stories and ideas right because you've got mm. spider-man living as a celebrity that everyone loves and then what does J. jonah jameson do he exposes him for not being a mutant which is the uh. biggest secret <laughs> what a publicity scandal it's a great it's a great it's like five yeah, issue little yeah, series yeah. it's it's really cool really fun um and, and I, I have a personal fondness for the Excalibur, House of M Excalibur series because I love Captain Britain, and mm. in this world he's like a he like rules Britain. He's leader of of that country, and that's a Britain becomes this world full of kind of like mutants and superheroes and magic, and that's kind of fun. So those are the ones to collect. What I I I think it is a I like Brian Michael Bendis, but this mm. is not his best swing at the. At, at the bat, mm. um, simply because he uh, he likes to draw things out. Uh, th- this same story could have been accomplished in three or four issues, and it's it's eight. Um, <laughs> and that's how he likes to write. And I like his writing. I like his dialogue. But you know, there's one fight in the whole thing. <laughs> it's, just a bit, it's a bit. It's a lot of. They take over the shield helicarrier. Well, most of this issue is going to be them talking about the fight they're going to have while oh, they're going towards the fight. No. And I love his dialogue, and I do, I do actually enjoy it. But I'm, I'm just cautious that other people might jar with it. And I think it's better suited to a comic like Daredevil than it is to the big major crossover. Mm. But what House of M does is begin to set a tone for the modern Marvel stories of what I believe is is kind of like an, another renaissance. It's kind of like another golden age of, of, of storytelling with, with these great stories. It sets the tone for... Um, there will be these ethical, moral dilemmas. There will be ideological splits within these powerhouses, these heroes. Mm. This is a story, you know, this story begins with a group of superheroes debating whether to murder one of their own. Yeah. Because her her mental instability led her to murder some of them. That is deeply postmodern. That is around the the edges of, of what Alan Moore was was kind of talking about in Watchmen, mm. you know, fifteen years before this came out. There, there is that darkness to it, which is lovely to see, um, without it being, you know, over-the-top uh, yeah. violence and all of that kind of stuff. And it sets the tone. We go from this to civil war, which is an ideological split in the community. 
um, and, and, and that's so electric and exciting to read. We go from that to uh, a story where we go to Secret Invasion, which I don't want to give much away from at this stage, but that, again, is a split in the community. It's the, There is ideological differences coming in. We then get Norman Osborn taking over S.H.I.E.L.D., <laughs> and we get all these... These are the, such a wonderful series of big summer event crossovers that all mm. start with House of M. And what is really nice about the storytelling is because people like Bendis and Mark Miller are, are writing a lot of this, and because... Joe Quesada is in charge of it. There are threads that will start here and run all the way through. Um, I'm really excited. You know, when we get to Civil War later this year, it's going to be cool. Mm. When we get to Captain Marvel down the line, that's going to be really cool as well because we'll be able to do our secret invasion then, I believe. Um, thank you for uh, for staying with us. Thank you for being part of the VIEPs putting that cheddar 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 on the table <laughs> hope you have enjoyed our exhaustive and definitive trip to the house of m thanks for listening to this special presentation of house of m one of our full-length bonus episodes you can hear incredible full-length bonus episodes just like this each and every month if you head to patreon.com Slash Marvel versus Marvel. Marvel, Marvel, Marvel.